0: All right, we're doing it live. So what's up, guys? Uh, This is Cody. I'm doing this by myself today. I'm doing a commentary track on the 90s Batman films, like a little retrospective. Uh, So you guys can... Basically, it's like sitting down watching a Batman movie movie with me. So depending on if you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's up to you. But I'm going to sit back and watch these films... Into two parts, so it's not super long. Cause I know a lot of these are two hours. Uh, the Nolan films are two and a half hours, and if I decide to do Batman versus Superman, it might be three. So Jesus. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna start out with uh, Batman, nineteen eighty nine, and this is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, mainly because if you look at it as a, I mean, if you look at it as a movie itself, it's not the best movie ever made. But it has nostalgic, has like a nostalgia factor to it that hits me like nothing I've ever been hit in my life. It's the one thing that'll make me, you know, remember my childhood and take me back. Cause that's what all that's what we want to do as adults. We want to we want to go back to the way, way, way things were before we had to worry about four hundred one ks and credit and shit. So. Uh, Right now, I have my uh, movie in volume all the way down because I don't want to get sued. And I'm at the Warner Brothers logo right now. So, if you guys want, you can, if you own any of these movies, feel free to pop it in and hit play at the same time I do and uh, have fun and listen to me ramble on about stuff that doesn't even matter, but it does matter to me. So,. I'm hitting play in 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1, play. Alright. So right now we're in a little clouds where it says Warner Brothers Presents, and it's about to show basically like, you know, a stone Batman emblem, which... The reason why they did this was to show that they're not the 60s TV show. Because prior to this movie, and what a lot of people don't probably realize, is that there was, like, the movies that come out today, you had a few exceptions where, uh, you know, Jaws and Star Wars were, you know, huge, huge blockbusters. Jaws essentially started the blockbuster. But they became blockbusters after the fact. Batman was one of, I think it was the first movie... People were hyped about a movie. Like, hyped. Um, Obviously, I only lived like a month and less than a month in the 80s. But from everything I see as far as merch, and it was a freaking phenomenon. Batmania hit the summer of '89 with a wham. But what they needed to do, it was a huge risk. A lot of people don't realize that Batman was a huge risk because. The only thing they thought of when, the, well, the modern audience, the only thing they thought of when they thought of Batman at that time was Adam West, Bam, Ziff, Pow, and then jokes. Like, Batman was a joke. And, obviously, Frank Miller with The Dark Knight Returns and then Alan Moore writing The Killing Joke and then Frank Miller again with Batman Year One uh, changed that for The Betterment, which, by the way, DC in the 80s is phenomenal. When Vertigo started, you know, you got Watchmen, you got all that Sandman, a lot of good books came out of the 80s from DC. Now, this was a huge risk, and it took over 10 years from essentially the beginning of the first Superman movie. It took that long for there to be a Batman movie to come by, but and it was was really just for, it just had to be the right people. And when you when you talk about hitting home runs with things, this movie is a home run when it comes to like the right people at the right time, like this movie wouldn't be it wouldn't be a hit if it wasn't for Tim Burton wouldn't be what it is without Michael Keaton and it clearly wouldn't be what it is without Jack Nicholson, so timing was everything in this, and I think it was timed out perfectly so here we are with a shot at Gotham City, and this is probably my favorite look of Gotham City just because. It just it looks like, basically, if Detroit and New York City had a baby, like 80s Manhattan and Detroit now had a baby, that's Gotham City. But it's also very, very art deco. It's got a lot of automotive design to it. Uh, production diner designer Anton First won an Oscar for this movie, which is awesome in... Mean, you can clearly show see that he. Uh, you can clearly see that he put a lot of time and thought into this, uh, into these sets. Uh, these were the set was built in England on Pinewood Studios, and Pinewood it was mainly used for James Bond films. I know that they used this studio for the first two Superman movies as well, uh, mainly for the uh, Fortress of Solitude. They went to Toronto for Smallville, and then they went to New York for Metropolis. But the uh, yeah the production design in this film is, I would say, revolutionary because they took some huge risks with their designs, and they did a lot. They mixed and matched a lot of architecture to make this. Because, like, this is a film where you don't know what time period it is. I mean, if they said it in, like, 89, this movie would be super dated. But they gave it this weird, like, is it the 80s, but is it the 40s kind of vibe, which is really cool. So we just seen these, uh, this family get mugged, and you would think it, like, it felt like it kind of played you like it was Bruce and his parents, but it really wasn't, because there was Batman over the, uh, hanging over watching, doing a non-Batman thing, instead of do- stopping the crime he watches the crime. What you're going to see, I think one of my biggest gripes about this is Tim Burton has an idea of Batman visually, but not the character himself. And I think that's where uh, Zack Snyder also had a problem. And I think that's a thing that Chris Nolan figured out, and to some degree, even Joel Schumacher and Batman Forever figured out. But this scene right here, I used to Reenact this scene over and over again with my with my Batman toys when I was a little kid, just Batman floating down. And one of my favorite things about this type of this this Batman is, he is Tim Burton is treating him like a uh, like a monster, like a universal monster, if you will. He thinks that Batman should be hidden. He should be, because that's what n- misunderstood. So that's what the universal monsters really were, apart from. Well, no, they all were, really. They were all just misunderstood monsters. And I think that's what he wanted to treat Batman like. Give him that Dracula. Because he's got that Dracula, you know, his best costume, Batman costume out there right now. But uh, he's doing this thing. He flaps up his wings for intimidation. Like, I mean, normally you wouldn't think a a regular Batman would do that. Christian Bale's Batman wouldn't do that. But if you're going for, like, this Dracula weirdo Batman that's what this is is perfect and, and I just like how he's silent he looks kind of he reminds me of like a Michael Myers or a Jason where like he's just really he doesn't run he walks to you and he just shows up and like he's got this this slasher killer like aesthetic to him too which I really really love and then when he does talk it's very faint but it's very powerful Michael Keaton was a really good choice for this movie. Clearly, he's only 5'10", and doesn't, you know... But in this Batman world, I mean, it does work. It doesn't, I don't think he'd He'd be a great Batman in a Chris Nolan movie if the times were different. Like, if he, was, if he was the age he was when he made this Batman movie when they made Batman Begins, it wouldn't work. Because that's just not how it works. And I, I'd be willing to say Christian Bale wouldn't work in this movie. Timing was everything with this, and another missed opportunity here was uh, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. I would have been really excited to see. I mean, looking back, I mean, I was only five years old when Batman Forever came out. I didn't really know better, but when you look at these thing, look at these things going back, it's such a such a bummer to see because I'm, I wonder what he would have done with the character of Two Face, because you do you see this progression. Obviously he's just a very, he's just a character just to be a character in these movies. Well, in just this one, I guess. But, the same with Jim Gordon. Commissioner Gordon really isn't anything in these either. Like he is in the uh, comics and in the Nolan films. He's just a guy like, hey, he's in the book. Kind of guy. So here is... Mr. jack nicholson to this day he's still my favorite joker mainly because he does like, he looks the most like the joker from the comics mainly because he is the first joker i've ever been introduced to but i also think he gives like this perfect balance of maniac and clown which i don't like you either get one or the other with most of them like keith ledger was complete maniac he was an anarchist it was great it was awesome but there were some things where like he, he did have some clown moments and they were great but i feel like he, he should have had some more like i want the joker's ridiculous you know and then don't even give him a star on jerry leto very interested to see what they're going to do with uh, joaquin phoenix but i think caesar romero you know, he's got that perfect clown thing down. Obviously, they couldn't do the whole uh, maniac killer kind of thing at, in the 60s. But some of the ridiculousness of the the 60s Joker was pretty spot on to what I think the Joker does. And then I, I just think, I mean, Mark Hamill and Jack Nicholson are the best Jokers, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are going to say Heath Ledger, and I'm not going to dis discount what Heath Ledger did he did an amazing Joker and he I would say he's tied with Mark Hamill in my opinion but for me the Joker Jack Nicholson's Joker I think is a perfect combination of the Heath Ledger and Cesar Romero style perfectly balanced as all things should be so here's Arliss and Porkins (laughs) Man, this cast is crazy. Sorry, I'm (laughs) I'm watching. Hopefully I'm not boring you guys, but you're watching with me, so it's all good. One of my favorite things about this film, too, was the NES game that came out, I think, a year after. Uh, I, to this day, still can't beat it. It's one of the hardest games I've ever played in my life. And that's another thing that really reminds me of my childhood. And the atmosphere of this film kind of, like, blends in with that movie. Because of, oh my god, the, the... production design is so beautiful and they kind of the Sunsoft took a lot of what they did in this movie and kind of applied it to their video game and for a Nintendo game you know you only have 16 or yeah 16 colors to work with or eight I believe it's eight you only have eight colors to work with on a cartridge and it's the way they handled it with the way this is is pretty groundbreaking they they really hit a lot of home runs with this film Jack is, he steals, just, I, I think it just might be the role of the Joker. If done right, if understood right, you you steal the scene. Every scene Jack Nicholson's in in this film, just like Heath Ledger. Every scene he's in, you're just, your your mouth is, you know, wide, and you're just, you can't believe, like, that is pristine acting. Like, you can tell that it's a character that people love to play. It really is. And then there's Bob the who is Jack Nicholson's real life best friend which is pretty funny Tracy Walter and he actually had his own toy when when uh, they launched this by Toy Biz yeah that looks great It just looks like a Gotham City just looks like a heaping pile of shit that once used to, that used to be great, like Detroit. If, I don't know. Detroit's not even good. They could have picked a fucking. They picked a dude that. What was the name of the mayor in the eighties in New York City? I feel like he looks just like this dude, the mayor of Gotham. Uh, let's see. Edcock, or Ed Cook, or whatever. Yeah, spinning image. And then here's a uh, Bob Kane cameo. Even though that's not Bob Kane who gave him the drawing, that's a Bob Kane drawing. Uh, I guess he had a uh, issue with his passport or via tax visa or something stupid. And he he couldn't make the film. So he would have beat Stan Lee at cameos. Who happens to... Bob and Stan were best friends, and they would always make fun of each other, or Bob would always make fun of him for uh, never having a Marvel movie on uh, the big screen, and Batman's making millions of dollars, he's always like, where's Spider-Man, and then Stan said, uh, I saw this in an interview, Stan was saying that Spider-Man finally hit it big, and all these Marvel movies come on, and he's just like, well, where's Bob, because, you know, Bob Kane passed away, so here's my first crush ever. Kim Basinger. That was either her or Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm not 100% sure. One of those two. And she really doesn't do much in this movie, except what she's asked to do, which is scream and look really hot. Which is, I guess, which is a big problem that, obviously, the uh, superhero genre is uh, doing a good job fixing now. Because up until... I mean, up until 2008, even The Dark Knight, there really wasn't a... uh, There wasn't really strong women in these type of films. That's an obvious... uh, Mm -hmm. toy model. There's Jack Palance. The only movies I remember him in personally growing up were this and uh, Young Guns. With... uh, Charlie Sheen and... Emilio Estevez as Billy Billy the Kid. I used to love that movie. So I just think they... I know Tim probably preferred the Joker over Batman for sure. And... I think it's just because he didn't really understand Batman as a character necessarily. He understood the conflict, the internal conflict of, you know, his parents and stuff like that and what that does to a person. But that's as far as he got, I think he understood the Joker a lot better, which makes perfect sense because he's a he's a weird dude who's into, you know, clowns and Halloween and goth and stuff like that anyway. I do know that the poor Robin Williams was uh, played as a... He was a, basically a pawn to get Jack Nicholson to uh, jump on doing this role because they only wanted Jack Nicholson to do it. And uh, he wouldn't do it at first. He was hesitant. And then they're like, oh, well, we're going to get Robin Williams to do it. Robin Williams was really wanted to do it, but he was baited. Jack's like, oh, no, fuck that. I'll do it. And I think... I think that was a good idea on Jack Nicholson's uh, account because this specific version of the Joker has a name called named Jack Napier and his likeness and if they ever use the name in the comics or movies or anything like that Jack, Nichol- Jack-, Jack Nicholson gets a certain percent of royalties and I'm pretty sure he's made a fuck ton of money just from the character of the Joker. So... Now you know how he affords courtside tickets to the fucking Lakers all the time. It's because he played the Joker. So we're at the old Wayne Manor. Looks like it's the... uh, It's like a fundraiser with a bunch of rich people. And by the way, I'm watching that's on the new 4K Restoration... And it's, it's pretty cool. Although I think I like, I like how they deepen the blacks and stuff like that on the, on the colors, which, which I think was lacking with the, uh, the DVDs. Cause in the VHS, like it was too dark to a point where like you couldn't really see. And I think that added more to the cinematography of these films because this, this film specifically, but I feel like it, it brought it. Darker because you want Tim Burton was trying to hide things like there's shots of Batman in this, especially in the Batcave where it's more effective when it's completely dark. My only problem is, is that they color corrected it a little too blue. It's a lot of blue, like it looks like a like an Instagram filter sometimes I think. But other than that, it looks pretty good and the sound quality is amazing. And here we are introduced to Bruce Wayne for the first time. Good old Michael Keaton, probably my favorite actor, and it is. Mainly because of this movie. But he is fantastic in Beetlejuice. He's fantastic in Spider-Man. He's really good in The Founder. He, he's he's a really, really good actor. Mr. Mom. Clean and sober. That's another good one. And of course Billy Dee is Lando Calrissian. Excited! I think he's in the new Star Wars. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. Oh, here we go. Jack Nicholson received 60 million dollars from this movie, and that is still the hot. That's still a single movie record for an actor salary. I'm. I wonder if Downey Jr. had to be has to be close to that though playing Iron Man. I swear I could I can say this movie or repeat lines from this movie all day. Now this is a this uh, room in here believe they reused this in the first Spider-Man movie. It was uh, Norman Osborn's mansion, but they used this room specifically for a few scenes. Obviously, all the armory wasn't in there, but it's uh, the same building. See, and I, I think, like, Tim had a good idea that, you know, Batman traveled the world and got you know trained himself and his body and all that shit to make himself better. But I personally would have liked to know, you know, kind of like how Batman Begins was. How did he get all this? Did he did he train in Japan? Did he do all this? Like you don't really get a, uh, a good sense of what he's or what what how he became Batman. And I think that was just a creative choice on Tim Burton's part because he doesn't want people to know. He wants Batman to remain in the shadows, and that's why he barely has any screen time and things like that. It's all Joker. But I I also think it's because he preferred the Joker over Batman. I mean, you can clearly see that, too, in Batman Returns as well. You just wouldn't expect him, and I think that's another reason why they picked, you know, Michael Keaton to play him. You just wouldn't expect that guy to be a crime fighter. And I'm sure, like, people are pissed at Robert Pattinson for playing Batman. Well, Jesus, I've heard heard stories about when they casted Michael Keaton as Batman. I heard it was pretty bad. I'm sure if the internet was around around that time that would be a uh, interesting thing. And here we go. He's all getting ready to be all Batman. Fucking Robert Wool with some shitty ass jokes. He was my least favorite character in this movie. I'm really surprised he's never made it into the comics. See, this is where you can tell it's the 80s right here in these camcorders. There's <laughs> CRT TVs in the fucking Batcave. This is a pretty cool Batcave, but I don't understand why. I don't understand why you need... All these TVs that are clearly playing security cameras at your house. I've always liked the design of this Batcave, though. But then again, it's just... The design of this movie is just pretty fucking good. Here we are at Access Chemicals. Yeah, see those cars are so eighties. So that's one thing I respected about the, uh, the animated series is that they gave it like a uh, forty. They definitely gave it a forties feel, but with a nineties tech, which is really cool. They had the cop cars were the cop cars were all you know. Old school looking like 40s cars, everything was a 40s style, like it was very Art Deco. You can see a lot of influence from this movie, and you can also see a lot of influence from the uh, Fleischer Studio Superman films. In those, and this is one of the funnest scenes in the film, it's where you get a really good uh, look at Batman and in you know, all of his glory. Like sneaking up on criminal like on bad guys and shit. But one thing I don't understand about well, I don't like Tim Burton I don't think really knows how to shoot action, but that's just because he I don't think he has interest in it. Sorry, for some reason I can't stop yawning. This is why like I have a I have such a love hate relationship with Tim Burton. All of his movies, except for like but four or adaptations are based on something which I guess is fine. I mean so is Zack Snyder hasn't made an original film I don't think either. But uh, he not saying that I'm a Zack Snyder fan. But there's Tim Burton's older movies. I'm trying to think which one I like last. I believe the last movie I liked from him, because he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas, so that doesn't count. It's based on a book or a poem or whatever, a short story that he made. Planet of the Apes sucked. honestly don't think he's made a good movie since Edward Scissorhands. Like, oh god, it's so cool. He just shows up out of nowhere like a fucking serial killer and just... Meow. I love that suit so much. I love how imperfect, like imperfections, are on it because it's really the first like latex superhero costume ever made. Like this, this movie is a pioneer for a lot of things you see today. I'm telling you, if it weren't for this movie, you wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and like it's it's true. It always bothered me that Jack was hitting all this, like, knocking these, this acid out and having it hit the floors and the cops are just walking in it, but he falls in it and he turns into the Joker. I always thought that was stupid. Oh, this is great. Pop. It's funny, they had, I think Michael Keaton had, like, three or four different stuntmen for For this movie, and one of them was just a, he was a dancer from, like a ballet dancer, and all he did was just walked with a cape, tried to make it look all dramatic and shit, and the other dude was like a big brawler, and then there's a karate guy, and then like an actual stunt dude, but I think Michael Keaton did probably 25%. like I just think that's so cool he just moves his head real quick doesn't say a word stands there stares, and gives him this fucking smirk like I think he's gonna fucking yeah you don't even know what's coming to you bitch and he's gone yeah Christian Bale eat your heart out Michael Keaton did it first And then here comes Porkins. Little demise Such a shitty death. Oh, I love this too right here. He just shows up. Dude, seriously, how do you like if you thought this was a, if you were like if you went into this not knowing who Batman was and it was like a scary movie? And he just shows up like that. Would you be scared? I don't know. Somebody would be. I don't know. But I just love these shots. These close up shots of Batman. Like they always like when I was a kid. They always like freaked me out. Because he just looked so weird. I think that's why I was so intrigued. with. I think that's why I fell in love with Batman. He just looked weird. See that's what I mean. That's that's what I. That's what that's the Tim Burton shit right there, when he flies up and he flaps his his wings out like he's a fucking bat, like that's. That's like Count Dracula shit. But, only Michael Keaton could make that work. Because he's a weird individual too. Like that's that's one of that's a great great scene in in this film I'm pretty sure that map of Gotham City which which city is it it's a city upside down but it's like a random city it's like some some Louisiana city or something like that or like Maryland or something Oh, that's gonna bother me oh well I'll think of it when I stop recording just wait I could never decide if this was a move by Bruce Wayne It'd be all funny like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna in this super long fucking table, and then I'm gonna make a move like, oh yeah, dude, I've never been in here, and get her all loosey goosey to laugh and shit, or if he was just being awkward because he doesn't really, this Bruce Wayne doesn't necessarily isn't he's not really a playboy in, in these in Tim Burton's films at least. He gets he gets chicks, he's got a thing for blondes, but. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't drink in this. And he gets her drunk. And he bangs her. It's kind of unethical if you ask me. But hey, whatever. But in 2019, I don't think that would fly. That would definitely be a uh, sexual harassment. Or he would... He would be in a lo- Bruce Wayne would be in a load of shit. That's for damn sure. Oh, well, maybe he is drinking. This Batman drinks, dude. This isn't your dad's Batman. See in the way that they have Vicky Vale dressed too is such a nineties cover girl. Late eighties, you know, the shoulder pads and shit. I didn't even get about to get into the prince music. That's a great record I own by the way. But yeah, they're trying to plant the seed here about Bruce's parents, like and that's another thing about this movie that I don't understand. He's the richest man in Gotham. Probably the most famous person in Gotham. And she has to go digging to find out what happened to his parents and what's going on in this alley that he puts roses on. That's really odd. like. But I understand it's because people don't, at the time people didn't understand why he was Batman. But that's an odd, odd story choice in my opinion. Uh, and here, we're gonna discover Jack Nicholson's first Joker appearance. <laughs> this is like I just I just can't get over the production design of this film. Like this is grade A filmmaking right here. Tools that the surgeon's using, I believe, are props from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. He's using all those tools. <laughs> I just want to know what he did as far as surgery goes. Yeah, when he knocks out that light, oh my god, and then the way it is shot, oh, it's perfect. Even though you can clearly see Jack Nicholson's not wearing makeup when he walks up the stairs. See, she's hammered. She's fucking hammered, and he's not. I think Bruce Wayne might kind of be a rapist. Although she made the move, but she's drunk. Her ambitions are lowered. And here comes probably the second best scene in the movie. Oh, man that silhouette. See this is what I mean. This is why I love Jack's Joker. He kind of he's just That's the line he says, I've been dead I've been dead once already. Think of it as therapy. It's fucking great. I think it comes up right here. Yeah. Been dead ones already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as therapy. <laughs> so good. Such a great introduction an introduction to a character. And then Danny Elfman's score just makes it so much better. And he's got like purple shit on his on his neck. I believe that's purple shoe polish. I think they had like an issue with the coat. So instead of cleaning the coat, they would... Uh, they just put... Oh no, it was... Uh, his makeup got on the coat. So they decided to paint over it with purple shoe polish. And it ended up getting on his neck. And that was the best take. So they kept it in. But right there, that's when... The way he was shooting... Like, he just, he knows he's dead, but he's just shooting to have fun because he doesn't care. Now, I can see Heath Ledger's Joker doing that as well. But I just see, I just see, like, I don't see it as much as I do Jack's Joker. If that makes any sense. I just, just little things like that that just make me, just make me prefer his Joker just a little bit more. And then this, this scene always. I've never understood this when I was a little kid. I couldn't remember, I couldn't understand if he was trying to be a bat and just hang upside down because, you know, he's, it's Tim Burton and it's Batman. Or if it, if he's fucking, like, working out. Can never tell. just eats it up man. But then the way he uses his eyes he kinda makes him lazy. <laughs> just look at his eyes. Like that is great acting. You can tell like he, he put a lot of time into this. And I think it's just because the character is just so fucking good sans Jared Leto, he wasn't the Joker. Yeah, typical. Beat it. That's what he's trying to say. Get out of here. And fucking Alfred. Alfred's a fucking bitch in this fucking movie. And you'll know why later. See? but We're going to be here for quite a while. Oh, dude, he's trying. You don't do that to a bro. some of the creative choices i think too that they made with the joker was to coincide with prince and his album his album's very Joker-esque. but then again he they sent him an unedited well an edited version without any music and he wrote the album after that so maybe it was just really good writing by prince which makes sense, because Prince is a fucking god. And this is a great scene, too. This is such a Tim Burton thing. To, th- to look back, like, this is, like, a lot of kids grew up watching this shit. I just feel like the movies in the 80s and early 90s were a lot scarier for kids. Like, children movies, specifically. Well that's scary for kids, and it kind of toughened us up. Well, not necessarily a lot of the pe- millennials are p- pussies. But I think it's okay for kids to be scared. I think it gets it out of the way real quick because the real world's scarier than the shit you see on TV. Uh, he's just eating it up right now. But at the end of this, this scene, he does a monologue with that corpse. And that's my Joker when people ask me, you know, why is why is Jack Nicholson's Joker your favorite Joker? It's the it's the end here. The end of this scene where you're just talking to this corpse. It's just so fucking funny. It's so Joker. Like that Joker we're doing in the comics. He also, he also fucking, I forgot, he also mimics uh, Boss Grissom to Bob. You, I'm a number one guy. Like, dude, he's such an asshole in this. It's great. Oh, this is great, too, Bob. He's excused, and he puts on his shades and walks away. There's some stupid things. That's one thing I really, old Tim Burton was really good at. It was, he did a lot of commentaries on uh, American commerce of the 80s. Like, shit like this. Like, you could only do that in the 80s because Miami Vice and shit. Batman Returns especially is different. And so is Pee-wee's big adventure. Okay, so this scene right here. somebody that loves the character, he knows what he's doing, and he walks away, just laughing, I'm glad you're dead, come on, that is the most joker thing I've ever heard, I'm glad you're dead, it's fucking genius. And then here she is trying to figure out what's wrong with Bruce Wayne when everybody in fucking Gotham City should know what's wrong with Bruce Wayne. It just goes to show you Tim Burton didn't really know much about Batman. Alright, I'm hitting pause right now. I'm at 45 minutes and 47 seconds. We got about an hour and 15 left. Which isn't really bad. I just want to go through the boring parts with you guys since it's getting later into the. I don't want, I don't want to lose your interest. But, uh, yeah, so far, so good. Um, we'll pick it up to next, next episode at the 45 minute mark. So.